0: This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media.
1: Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. And with me for this series of conversations is Father Brett Garland, the pastor of St. Mary's in Delaware. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Father. Great to have you. Good to be with you. Uh, Let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, um, as we um, begin this time together, we ask, O Lord, that you bless our conversation, bless our day. Help us to be ever open to um, your promptings as you guide us in small ways to show your infinite love. We ask this through Christ our Lord, Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So Father, so great to have you. We've been trying to get you on conversations <laughs> um, on discipleship for um, years now, and finally finally, we snagged you. <laughs> I'm glad I could make room in my schedule for and, you. And yeah. your busy schedule. You're very busy schedule. <laughs> very busy, yeah. Um, as we um, kind of start off, um, we always like to hear how you came to know the Lord, mm-hmm. Um, I think as we sort of reflect on discipleship, giving that account of how we met the Lord and how He's worked in our life, it really is at the heart of our witness um, as missionary disciples. So, if you could kind of share with us how the Lord has worked in your life,
0: yeah, yeah, I I remember just the word brings up a a memory from from a CCD. Uh, That's what we called PSR at St. Coleman. Uh, I remember asking my catechist, what's the difference between a disciple and an apostle? Um, I had just started to read the Bible um, on my own, and uh, I remember they, didn't, they couldn't give me an answer right away, but good on them. They looked for an answer, and they got back to me, and they said that being a disciple is, is being a student of Jesus, and being an apostle is, is being one who's sent by Jesus. So um, that's probably when I first started thinking about discipleship, um, how the Lord might be calling me or, or how I was a student of Jesus. But, of course, um, he was calling me before that, even before I knew um, what it, the definition of the word was, of course. So I, I grew up in a farming community in outside of Washington Courthouse, Ohio. And uh, St. Coleman was, was my home parish. Um, my mother was a school schoolteacher. My, my dad was a farmer. Uh, continues to farm on the, on the family farm. And because of that, you know, all of our family were connected with the land, right? So, grew up with a lot of family members around me that also practiced the faith. You know, there was nothing extraordinary. I know some, I, <laughs> maybe I'm self conscious about this, that I, I feel like I don't have that big um, St. Paul moment uh, on the road to Damascus where the Lord uh, knocked me out of the direction that I was going and called me in a different direction. It was much more um, just a consistent um, call to, to follow him in ordinary life, in having an ordinary life of prayer, having um, an ordinary life of uh, receiving the sacraments regularly, um, thing, things like that. So my, my godfather is, is my uncle, and you know I'd see him at mass regularly, um, so that was an influence in my life. One of my earliest memories of, of anything, not just religious memories, was praying uh, at the end of the day, you know, during bedtime. That's how mom would kind of get us to settle down. We'd pray for uh, different people in our family, uh, or she'd ask us who we wanted to pray for. Um, so I've got two brothers as well. Uh, I have a twin brother. People find that interesting. It's just, again, normal for me, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and an older brother. So we, we just... Um, you know, we were brought up in the faith, not doing anything extraordinary. We didn't we didn't pr- pr- pray the rosary together, um, but we would pray before meals. We went to mass consistently, uh, and then another figure that was uh, influential in in my uh, religious upbringing and I guess helping me to understand what it means to be a disciple was my grandfather, uh, Papa Bill. We called him. So this is my my mother's father. He was um, he was just a joyful man. And again, um, he lived close by. He was a member there at St. Coleman, and we'd, we'd see him at Mass every time that we went. Um, sometimes he would pray the rosary before Mass uh, on his own. Actually, in my pocket, I have a rosary that, that he gave to me. Um, and just to show you a person, the kind of person that he was, the rosary, um, he, was, he was Mr. Fix-It. So the rosary had broken years ago. But he would solder. He soldered it back together, so it has that solder mark that reminds me of my grandpa. And um, it has black beads on it, so it's like a. It's kind of a masculine rosary. You know, some people may think that praying the rosary is something that that only old old ladies do. But from the beginning, I remember Papa Bill taking out this this black rosary that he had fixed multiple times, and and he prayed with it. You know, he would get down on his knees, even in old age, and pray that rosary. Uh, so that was that was significant for me. Um, I think another thing that again, I didn't think about this at the time, but he was just he was a man who was curious about the world. Um, he worked for farmers um, in testing soil samples to see what nutrients did it lack. so it was kind of a scientific job obviously he he um, did experiments, he tested things, but he was also a man of faith, you know so there wasn't this contrast or this um, this dichotomy between science and religion, he was a man of faith who also, uh, again, was, was curious, uh, read widely, traveled widely, um, and uh, just was, was in love with, with God's creation and saw God in creation. Um, so I think that helped me to not be threatened by, um, you know, when I got older and I had questions, I had um, somebody in my life that I looked up to who both took his faith seriously and was also serious about trying to find answers to questions that maybe he didn't know about. So I knew I could go to somebody um, to answer some of those questions uh, if, if I had them. Along with that, uh, so when I was um, when I when I was born, um, the, the pastor there was Father Jerome Reiser. And he was—he was an older guy. I remember—I um, didn't get to know him all that well, but I remember he was just—he um, was just a, a constant presence there at the parish. He was—he was, he was um, very kind to us. He didn't say a whole lot, but he was—he was kind when he interacted with us. But he was much older, so I didn't really have a whole lot of interaction with him. In the jubilee year of 2000, Father Jan Sullivan came, and he uh, was in his 30s, I think, at the time. Young priest coming into the parish and he invited I don't know if you know this about father Sullivan he loves symmetry so I think that's why he, he invited my twin brother and I to be acolytes <laughs> to be altar servers and uh, and my older brother as well well Isaac my older brother said no but Ryan and I said said yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be servers so he had his, his perfect symmetry uh, with it with the acolytes <laughs> um, and and anyways I I hadn't really understood what was going on in the Mass before that point. I remember distinctly, um, we'd be in the pew, and I would be like squinting, trying to see like beyond the veil, right? (laughs) Like, what is going on here? If I concentrate enough, maybe I'll see the invisible that's, that's happening, because I knew something special was happening, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So I just remember that from when I was really little. I'd, I'd squint uh, to see if I could see anything differently. <laughs> mm. um, but then when I was a server, uh, you know, I I found out much more about the liturgy, about what was actually taking place. Um, and in the visible, I, I, I knew that it was meaningful, that there was something meaningful about all that... Father Sullivan, he he moved the tabernacle from the side. I thought it was a refrigerator at one point. <laughs> um, he moved it from the side uh, to, to the center. He veiled the tabernacle. He veiled the altar. He had beautiful vestments. Um, so, you know, we get a bad rap sometimes as caring too much about smells and bells and um, all of those things. But for me, they communicated significance of what we were doing. So I didn't have to squint my eyes anymore to, to wonder, okay, what's this that's happening here, there was significance in the intentionality of of what he was bringing into the liturgy, beautiful music as well. We were using our senses um, to enter more deeply into the sacred mysteries, and uh, that really really affected me. And part of that, I I remember another event. Um, I I was serving for maybe my second or third time, and you know, there's the moment where the priest he genuflex, he, he puts his hands on the altar and genuflex before the Blessed Sacrament that has just been consecrated. And I remember before that, uh, maybe the first few times I saw it as a server, because we were on on that side of the altar, we could see what was going on. I thought, is he just looking at the table to see if it's level or whatever? You know, what is he what is he doing there? And then it hit me that this is an act of adoration. You know, he believes that Jesus is there. Um, and that's why he's, he's bending down like that and bending his knee and touching the ground in such a solemn way. Um, so that, again, I, I remember it distinctly when there was that light bulb moment where I was seeing, um, through these visible signs, what invisibly was taking place. Uh, so, so really if I could sum it up, my family just nourishing my faith not in any extraordinary way, but just being faithful in small ways, um, and then having, having my parents and, and especially my grandfather to ask questions of and to pray with. He's the one who first taught me how to pray the rosary. Um, but also, as, of course, through the liturgy, through the sacramental life. Um, that's really how I heard the Lord calling me deeper into that relationship, into that discipleship. And of course, uh, you, you can tell kind of the tra- trajectory with that, um, with me getting to know Father Sullivan better, hearing that call maybe specifically to the priesthood, was something that, um, that I was considering. Even from, I mean, I think I was in fourth grade when he invited me to be a server. Uh, from that time forward, I, I was considering it maybe not in a, in a really direct way, but it was, it was something that was on my mind. Um, fast forward a little bit to, to high school. I, uh, I was involved in, in sports, I played soccer. My brothers were football players. They convinced me to, to kick for the football team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a, a wide kind of a wide group of friends. I was also in in band and concert band through middle school and through freshman year of high school. Um, so I had a a, a big group of, of of people that you know were supportive. That kind of environment. Since I grew up with a bunch of farm kids, um, you know, there's the talk now from Christendom to apostolic mission, right? I just went to a talk with with Monsignor Shea on that concept. Um, he spoke of himself growing up in like the last breath of Christendom. And I think in a way, growing up in a, in a, in a small farm town, I had that too. Um, for instance, one of my teachers in, in high school, he was my AP government teacher, he, I invited him, he was just big influence in my life. I invited him to my graduation party. He gave me um, a book of mere Christianity for my graduation mm. gift, you know. You probably don't hear about that kind of stuff happening very much nowadays, um, but there was still this, even though there weren't a lot of Catholics where I grew up, there were a lot of, um, uh, there were a lot of Christians that took their faith seriously and were, were trying to support each other. Um, so from that, um, Eventually, I, I went on to Catholic University of America, was really immersed in the intellectual tradition, the beauty of, uh, of the Church um, in, in a lot of different ways, and I was, was eventually called to, to enter seminary.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Father, um, for joining us. Um, you've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship, and I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger, With me has been Father Brett Garland, Um, and again, we thank you for joining us. And until next time, peace and all good.